What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. I'm later than I wanted to be. Uh, and I apologize because I told you I was going to do better, but I'm later because I, I was waiting around and uh, there's so much going on. And I, and this show, we're not going to talk about the flag much. I'm just going to get it done in the intro and we're going to move on because there's a lot more other things that are going on relating to Mississippi State sports. But uh, so, you know, 2 o'clock today, the uh, State Senate uh, gaveled back into session and was only in session for a short time and then adjourned for the day, I believe, until 10 a.m. tomorrow. A lot of discussion about where things stand. I understand the thinking is is that the uh, two-thirds majority is probably close in the House, but still a long way to go in the state Senate. And uh, I don't expect there to be any resolution until Friday. As uh, a good friend of mine said, it's the big PR move. You do it late Friday, you release it, and everybody leaves town, and then you don't have to deal with all that. And so that's probably how that thing will go down. So... I don't expect any news today or tomorrow. We'll see what Friday brings. And with that said, we're, not, we're done talking about the flag today. I will encourage you, make your voice known. No matter what side of the issue that you're on, we are a democracy. Call your state senators and state representatives and let your voice be known. I want to thank our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, longtime sponsors of this show. Love Bulldog Burger Company, and you will as well. Go by, let them serve you. They know how to feed folks. You bring your family in. You can have an adult beverage. You can have a chocolate shake to go. You can have a wonderful restaurant-quality hamburger and then kind of move forward with life feeling better about your station. Two locations now to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark, Vegas, and on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people and now Starkville go to meet. M-E-A-T. And let me encourage you to get the spring rolls. We hadn't we hadn't talked about that a lot lately. Life's been kind of crazy. The spring rolls are good, man, in, in the restaurant or on the road. They're difficult to eat on the road, but you bring them home uh, and, and they'll be great. Get the spring rolls, the best appetizer in Starkville proper. I would know. I think I've tried them all. So let's get into some big news today. So here's what today is as far as football goes. A lot of people, these things sneak up on you. But today is reporting day for the outstanding signees, you know, for your high school guys and your spring graduates from junior college. You know, we had, I guess, nine guys enroll in January. Let's run that down real quick here just so we kind of know where things stand. So 
Back in January, Mississippi State a little bit late getting that release out because they were waiting on a couple of guys to clear before they uh, they made the big release. There won't be a release today, I understand, from Mississippi State, probably tomorrow. We're trying to get some confirmation over on Gene's page. Paul Jones uh, hopes to have an article up a little bit later today on who to expect and if there have been any changes. So back uh, in January, Jaquavius Marks, high schooler out of Carver High School out of Georgia. You, you might be somewhat familiar with one of his coaches, a guy by the name of Quentin Wesley that played here under Sylvester Croom, uh, went into the high school ranks, and now Jaquavius Marks is headed here uh, to Mississippi State. Uh, Marks is another guy, too, that kind of excelled in midnight maneuvers. We expect him to be a guy that challenges for some playing time this year. One of the things a lot of people question is, you know, Steve, we went out and signed these running backs, but now we're changing our offensive philosophy. The, the guys that we signed, Dylan Johnson, Jaquavius Marks, both fit what we want to do. Both very capable wide receivers out of the backfield, not just ball carriers alone. And so I think that's important to understand. We have not saddled these young men with a offensive philosophy that is foreign to them. They fit what we want to do. And Jaquavius Marks is a guy that uh, has kind of hit the ground running. We expect him to be a real factor this year. And with two senior backs, you need these young guys to kind of cut their teeth this year and then be ready to carry more of the load next year. Uh, Jordan Davis, one of the top junior college prospects in the country, ranked fifth nationally by 247 Sports, number one in his position and ranked the number one junior college player in the state of Mississippi for the 2020 class. Originally signed with Alabama as an Under Armour All-American, went to Colin. Uh, That's one of the things that I look at, and there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of opinions about the Mississippi State defense. Let me tell you, Jordan Davis will be a factor. We talk a little bit about Montez Sweat. He's actually thicker and bigger and stronger than Sweat was his first year at State. You know, Sweat really embraced the weight room that second year and really took a big jump. And it took him about half a year to get going. We used to joke that he was prob- probably led the SEC in quarterback hurries before he finally kind of narrowed his path down to get to the quarterback and became a sack monster uh, here in the SEC. Jordan Davis cut from that same cloth. He is a pass rusher, is relentless player. This is one of those guys, when we got him, a lot of people said, well, you know, he's been committed. He was signed with Alabama, committed to Tennessee. This is a kid originally from Bahalia, Mississippi. Originally from Bahalia. And uh, listen, this is a guy, go ahead and get familiar with the name. Going to be a big-time player from Mississippi State. All right, so uh, looking back to uh, Malik Heath. You, you, You know all about Malik Heath. Malik Keith, the number two junior college wide receiver in the country, listed as the number two junior college prospect in the state of Mississippi, the number nine player in the nation. Malik Keith has been a Mississippi State guy from the beginning. Mississippi State offered him when he was just a sophomore in high school, signed on Mississippi State, failed to qualify, enrolled at Colin. And, and listen, while he talked about taking some visits and that sort of stuff, there really wasn't much trepidation about his recruitment. Uh, Malik Heath, a big-time player, a guy coming in a position of need. Expect him to be a high performer uh, in his first year here at Mississippi State. Uh, Janari Dean, graduate of South Panola High School, never really gave Ole Miss a look. And it's one of those things a lot of people always wonder about whenever those guys uh, rise up in the ranks of uh, South Panola. That's kind of been a feeder school for Ole Miss. But, you know, in recent years, South Panola hasn't been quite what they once were. And Ole Miss hasn't been quite once they once were. So 
Uh, and then the best player to come through in the last couple of years is headed to Mississippi State. It just kind of goes to show you that uh, some things are changing around here. Janari Dean obviously comes in in a position of need at safety, ranked the number 11 player in the state of Mississippi as a high school senior, will come in obviously and have a chance to play some as a freshman. Will it be the four games or a little bit more? That will all depend on how quickly he can pick it all up. But Janari Dean is a guy that understands the physical game of football. There are a lot of people out there that they kind of come around and think a whole lot. This is a guy that understands you got to go get the football. He, he was a running back in Ricky Woods' offense there at South Panola, so this kid has no aversion to physical contact. Rodney Gross is a guy that's played some at Sam in high school and will play some Sam here at Mississippi State. Did not participate a whole lot in the spring uh, because he, he had some offseason surgery, had to kind of get some things cleaned up. He will be good to go. Expect him to play some as a freshman. Even if no other reason is to get him ready more for next year because, you know, you're going to have some more losses again this year. Uh, you know, with, with Errol Thompson moving on. But Rodney Gross is probably a guy that, that, that gets some reps this year. How many reps remains to be seen? Tyrus Wheat ranked the number one linebacker in the country out of junior college and the fifth player in the state of Mississippi. Number one inside backer in the country. Uh, had a lot of people on him, and his ranking dipped late from a four-star to a three-star. Listen, this is a kid that can play. He outgrew the safety position. He didn't outgrow the safety measurables. He is still a guy, uh, despite the fact that um, his weight got up on him a little bit, he was still routinely running a 4.540 at 240 pounds. This is a guy that hits like a truck. And we're going to need him. With Willie Gay moving on, we're going to need him. Will Rogers say, listen, Will, I give Will some credit, man. There were a lot of people, including myself, when Will Rogers first committed to Mississippi State, because of the fact that you came from an Ole Miss family, people said, you know what, man, things could change. And we all, and I said on this show back then, it depends on who they hire to be the new coach at Ole Miss. And some people laughed at me, but I'll tell you, and I, just like I said last year, last summer, I had a state lobbyist tell me, someone very, 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 very much in tune with the situation in the state legislature told me last summer that Ole Miss would have a new chancellor, a new athletic director, and a new football coach, and they would go in the order in which they came. That's exactly what happened. And so Will Rogers is one of those guys. I was worried that when they changed coaches, they may bring in an offensive mind that appealed to Will and perhaps his skill set, and that might be a real issue. But listen, Will Rogers never gave Mississippi State ever any problem he continued to recruit hard for state never appeared to have any second guesses his his father Wyatt a great man uh told me from the beginning no we we're done we're done with recruiting any minute Cameron Threat showed up early another great guy a, a good for him to get here early to kind of get acclimated he'll play some at corner probably will get some reps this year I don't know that he goes beyond his four games this year unless there is an injury somewhere but he's a guy that I'm, I'm pretty high on. I think that he's a guy that will be a solid two deeper in his career. And the guy that nobody ever talks about, and people always ask me, Steve, who is your sleeper in the class? I'll tell you, it's Trey Lawson. Everybody forgets about this guy. He signed on with Florida State, played as a true freshman, the number 11 junior college player in the country, the number seven defensive end. So State has signed two major college power five guys that were recruited out of high school, and Lawson played at Florida State kind of reminiscent of those, uh, you know, those, those classes you know, we had a couple of years ago where you had those Power 5 guys looking to reboot their careers, came in and did a great job for us and really took Mississippi State to some historic heights back in 2018. Trey Lawson 
is as good as many of those players. I wouldn't put him right there with Montez Sweat, but I think he is a guy, especially on third down, you better be able to account for him. So those are your nine guys that are here. And, of course, KJ Costello transferred in. He, he's been here all summer. But let's get into who's showing up now. Emmanuel Forbes out of Grenada. He was another one of those guys, four-star player. And I'll be honest with you, I was a little late on the bandwagon for Forbes because I saw him at junior day. And, man, he was really thin and really kind of thinly framed. And I worried. I said, you know, I just don't know if he's going to be able to put on the mask to play in the SEC. And then, of course, he grows and uh, fills out. He's still a little bit on the thinner side. But uh, with his length, it's going to be almost impossible to throw the fade over him. You know, his catch radius is just freakish. Uh, But he's here, eager to get him going. He's probably going to have to play some as a freshman. That's the thing, too. We went out and signed all these corners this year because we had some recruiting failures in the last couple of years, some guys that we missed on. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to be kind of young at corner. We'll be, I think we'll be good with the first-team group, and then we'll kind of figure it out from there. But you've got numbers. Uh, Tulu Griffin, LaDietrich, Tulu Griffin is on campus. Slot receiver all the way. I think you can feel really good about him. I don't know how much he plays this year, though. You know, there's a, there's a lot of numbers coming in this year. It would be great if State could redshirt Griffin and Rufus Harvey. But if they're capable of playing, they're going to play because State needs playmakers in the offense. Well, listen, when we've got some guys up here that have got some reps under their belt and played a lot of years, they don't have a lot of production. And so these younger guys are going to come in. And, you know, Leach, Leach has no allegiance to anybody at this point. He's looking to put his best 11 on the field. And so if that proves to be Griffin and Harvey, then so be it. I mentioned the two running backs. You know, Mark shows up in January. Dylan Johnson here now. I'm a huge Dylan Johnson fan. I think he can play a number of positions. But I actually think this change in offensive philosophy probably favors him because he is such a skilled receiver out of the backfield, and he is a guy that can get out there and make plays down the field. I think that he is a guy that's a very capable ball carrier, and I think he is an all-purpose type back. he's, He's a little bit bigger than Mark's. So he runs a little bit higher. Uh, but I think he is a guy that, that will win a lot of matchups with linebackers out in space. I mean, you throw the ball out to him in the flats, he's going to be able to make somebody miss. I think Dylan Johnson, probably more so than anybody outside of the quarterbacks, benefits from a change in offensive philosophy. Not that he wouldn't have done a good job under Joe Moorhead. I believe he would have. But I believe we can use more of his uh, versatility in this scheme. Jevin Banks, uh, I think he actually has been here for a day or two. You know, his brother transferred in. Jay Banks transferred in from uh, from Louisville, was here part of January. So, you know, Jevin didn't have the housing situation. Perhaps some other people did. I'm sure he and his brother are rooming together there. Uh, I'm a Jevin Banks fan. One of my favorite guys in the class, a little bit unheralded. And when I had a chance to go watch him in person at Olive Branch, I, I mean, Olive Branch against Tupelo, I remembered how much I liked him. Watching him play ground level from the sidelines, I remembered why I liked him in the first place. Again, the change in offensive, defensive philosophy is a, is a benefit to him too because you're going to have a lot more tweeners that don't have, you know, maybe a true set position. And I think Jevin Banks is a guy that was probably going to slide inside in a 4-3. I think maybe you use him as a weak side defensive end now. But Zach Arnett will certainly know how to use him, uh, but he's here. And uh, excited and ready to go. And when I tell you this, you guys that don't know the Banks family, and there's a lot of you, when you get a chance to meet Jeffrey Banks Sr. 
and you get a chance to meet their mom, and you get a chance to be around. You're gonna. These are Mississippi State people. I mean, trust me, you're you're gonna love them. They are our kind of people. And uh, Jevin Banks, one of those guys that was a big leader in the class last year, and uh, you know he thought about taking some official visits to other schools late to enjoy the experience. I know Tennessee was one that came in, and then in the end, he and his dad just felt like the optics on that was bad. They said, you know what? I'm going to Mississippi State. I don't want to cause any undue unrest for the for the coaches or for the players or, or for the, my, my classmates and uh, certainly don't want to waste Tennessee's time if I know where I'm going to go. A lot of character with Jevin Banks and that family. So, again, you're going to be very happy uh, to know them. Jaden Wally is a guy – I forget about Jaden a lot. I don't know why. I had a chance to go watch him play against Picayune. It was not a good night. Picayune was an absolute machine last year. Uh, and Diabervilles couldn't get things going offensively. But Jaden Wiley made the move to receiver shortly after that. That's his natural position. I saw him in the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star practices. Completely different opinion of him as a receiver. Completely different. You know, I thought, okay, well, it's going to be kind of a raw materials deal where they got to figure it out as we go. But that wasn't the case. Jaden Wiley in missile practices looked to be as good or better than any of the receivers there. Very, very happy with what, the, what has happened with him uh, and his level of production as a player. Really excited about his future. One of the first commitments in the class, Javorius Selman. And uh, Selman, of course, had the Achilles injury a year ago. He's back and, and, and actually had a good year this year. Uh, a little bit undersized for a corner in the SEC. You know, I can see why Terrell Buckley wanted him, though. He's kind of reminiscent of that same – like Terrell Buckley wasn't the longest or biggest guy, guys either. He didn't play against a spread either. But Selman kind of has some of those same qualities uh, that T-Buck had. You know, not, I'm not trying to compare the two in the respect that, you know, T-Buck obviously one of the greatest defensive backs to ever play in college football. But as far as stature goes and as far as quickness goes, I can see that T-Buck likely saw some of himself – uh, and Javari Selman. And, uh, you know, Selman's a guy that was true maroon. He had some people come, kind of come at him late, uh, wasn't interested in that, stuck with it. And, again, he's kind of – he didn't do a ton of media. So, I think he lost a bit of his hype just because of the fact nobody was really talking about him. Uh, but, again, Cameron Threat, Manuel Forbes, Javari Selman coming in. That helps your numbers down the stretch, to say the least. Yeah, you, you weren't expecting that. I hit the, hit the wrong button, and uh, tools started playing. So uh, so let's take a quick break here, and let's remind you, to our good friends at, at Hawthorne, hawthorne.co. They're here to help you smell better and make the world a better place. Many of you have never known how to buy cologne. You just kind of buy what your friends wear, what your girlfriend gets, and you just kind of keep doing it. And maybe it doesn't fit. Find the cologne that fits you. That's right. Find it. Go to hawthorne.co, take the uh, quiz, a little short two-minute quiz. I don't think it takes two minutes. But you figure out your preferences, and then they will then pair you up with a product that best fits you. It's very Because there's a lot of one-size-fits-all colognes out there. And, guys, I'm going to tell you, I get so many compliments. People say, you know what, I don't know what you're wearing, but it's great. Where did you get that? And I always tell them hawthorne.co. Use promo code BONEYARD for your online order. You can set up replenishing shipments. You can get a one-time shipment however you'd like to do it. Use that promo code, you get a free $20 gift card. Again, it's hawthorne.co. So let's get back into uh, to the newcomers here. DeCamryon Richardson, you talk about a steal. Another guy that can play corner or safety, could play receiver, 6'2", 176. I understand he's closer. He's a little bit over 180 now. He's been on the strength and conditioning program. 
and uh, runs a legit high 4-4. This is a guy that great speed, long strider, good change of direction. One of those guys that kind of made himself as a senior. A lot of people laid off on him and State got on him and then finally offered him and then his recruitment exploded in Tennessee and many others got involved. State wins that battle in the state of Louisiana. I have had some analysts around the country, people that have said, you know what, I have evaluated Mississippi State's class. I like DeCamryon Richardson better than anybody. There are a lot of people that think he has NFL potential. I am one of them. I remember speaking to Terrell Buckley after National Signing Day, and he felt like we had absolutely stolen that kid. I've talked to Darcel McBath, and he is excited to coach this group of corners, but has told me that when he's watched film on DeCamryon Richardson, he kind of concurs. that This is a kid that has the ability to play football for a long time. It's nice to get a steal. You know, when you get a guy late, you've got a scholarship late, and you've got a relationship that you can kind of count on, and you're able to get that guy in the boat. And uh, we hyped him up a lot over on jeanspage.com. We did. Paul Jones and I both really liked him. Got a little nervous, I guess, when Tennessee got involved. We were hoping LSU would kind of leave him alone. They did. And now he's headed to Starkville. This is one of those guys that a lot of our fans aren't going to be familiar with because he played out of state, but he will be a star at Mississippi State provided he stays healthy. Armandus Cooley, I had a chance to see him play in the rivalry game against West Jones. I'm a, I'm a huge Armandus Cooley fan, and I will be honest with you, when he committed to Mississippi State, I did not think we would be able to keep him because Wayne County for the last several years has kind of been Ole Miss friendly. But Deke Adams had a great relationship there, and Deke was able to get him in. Now, of course, Deke's at Ole Miss, and Cooley's at Mississippi State. There was a lot of discussion, a lot of Ole Miss people expected after the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game that Deke Adams would be able to, uh, to, to get him to forego the, uh, the December signing period and at least take an official visit to Ole Miss. And I think he considered it for a couple days and then elected to sign on with Mississippi State. Uh, and Deke Adams is not going to coach him. But I think we get him, and maybe that's one of those things, too, maybe to kind of turn some things around, because Wayne County has been a powerhouse program for many, many years. And maybe you get Cooley in the boat and he has a good experience, and maybe we're able to go back in there and get another kid or two down the stretch. But uh, Cooley is a guy that, in my mind, is a true inside guy. It'll be interesting to see where he fits this year. I think he probably needs to kind of gain a little bit of mass to play over the nose. But what impressed me about him when I watched him play is even though he was in – you know, getting down with his hand in the ground, he was chasing the quarterback deep, deep, deep into the pocket. He was a disruptor. So even when he couldn't make the play, he made the play. You know, he couldn't make the tackle, but he forced a quick throw, forced an incompletion or something like that. And so uh, he is a guy that's a bit of a menace. And I uh, really like his motor, man. He's one of those guys that understands that uh, you know, if it is to be, it's kind of up to me. So let me go get it done. Really like him a lot and uh, happy that he's here. Caleb Docking is here. Spoke with Caleb recently. You know, they didn't throw the ball much at Holmes. They run a lot of option-style stuff. So he kind of learned the nuances of the position, sands the pass catching at Holmes. But when he was at Rolling Fork at South Delta High School, Caleb Docking was the guy on that team. He was the primary offensive weapon in the passing game. And that with his freakish size and hands made him a real candidate to play in junior college. But he didn't have a lot of options. Ends up going to Holmes, had a good experience there. He says it's the best thing that ever happened to him because it helped him round out his game. He had to learn to play without the football. 
And so he'll show up at Mississippi State, and I believe if Jim Moorhead uh, had remained the coach, we might have redshirted Ducking just because of the fact he is such a work in progress. But when you look at our needs at the position and we're going to play four and five wides, he might have to play. And I truly believe that Steve Spurrier Jr. will know exactly how to utilize Caleb Ducking. I, I don't have a doubt in my mind that they will know how to get him involved. So uh, Caleb says he has been told not to, to plan on redshirting, to plan on coming into play. Uh, so that's exciting times, too, so we'll see what happens with all that. I think that is a big part of things. When guys understand they're going to play, they show up in better shape and uh, ready to compete. Uh, so, again, we'll see how things progress there. But I like Caleb Ducking's long-term potential. I don't know if he has a major impact this year, but I do believe that he is going to be one of those guys we look back and say that was an absolute steal. The number eight junior college player in the state of Mississippi. Ranked as the number eight receiver in the country despite – uh, limited film and limited statistics. He's a guy that's long on potential, short on production. Jamari Stewart, one of my favorite people in the class. I like his film. I like his attitude. I like his story even more. Uh, Jamari Stewart, uh, his father, I believe, is in, in Haiti, was deported when he was just a kid, and Jamari Stewart's mom uh, disabled in a car accident. And so Jamari has kind of had to raise himself kind of under the supervision of his football coaches. Former player Jamar Chaney's. Uh, Jamar told me what a great young man he was. And then I had a chance to talk to Jamari at length. Very impressed. Very, very impressed. Th- these are the kind of guys you want on your team. Because in, he, as, as Mike Leach says, you want guys that need football. Jamari Stewart needs football. He told me that football gave him a family. His high school teammates became his family. And there were times he'd have to go sleep on a coach's couch or in a, in a friend's guest room or whatever. He did what he had to do. And so now you think about, okay, now he's going to be just like everybody else. He'll have his own room, have his own workout clothes, have his own officially issued adidas have his own uh, meal ticket and so for the first time in this young man's life in a long time the playing field is going to be level as close as it can be and so that excites me because i'm eager to see what he does and listen there were a lot of people that thought he was going to head out to arizona he kind of wanted to get as far away from his situation as he could Uh, but now he gets a chance to play in the sec and not too terribly far from home but far enough away that uh he can kind of get a fresh start, but at the same time, too close enough to go home when he needs to. Uh, you know, his mom is uh, has been you know severely limited in what she can do, and so uh, as a result, you know, not able to go watch him play in high school. And so those are the things you think about. Those are the stories behind the stories. You know, we all get we all get caught up in okay, well, who you picked us, but uh, make us feel good about ourselves. Who'd you pick us over? Do you really like us? You know what I'm saying? Or do you come in because you don't have any other options? So that wasn't the case with him. But he has, in my mind, the best story, the best family story, the things that he has overcome. And I, and I am proud that he is going to be a Mississippi State Bulldog. And I, and I think he will work exceptionally hard because of the opportunities he's been provided here at Mississippi State. Grant Jackson, if there was ever a kid that was born to go to Mississippi State, it's Grant Jackson. Grant Jackson, uh, sometimes you call and talk to Grant, and Grant have to call you back after he was done bailing hay and feeding animals and all that sort of stuff. You know, he he is a country kid if there ever was one. Uh, and, and, again, 
a lot of options early, and a lot of people wondered if State was going to be very serious about him. And then once we got serious about him, he got serious about us. Uh, we'll come in here and do a good job. I mean, uh, yeah, he is one of those guys you look at, cowboy boot, blue jean wearing guy, tucks his shirt in, you know, yes or no sir type kid. Uh, you need some guys like him in your locker room. You, know, you need guys – your guys like him kind of anchor you down a little bit. You know what I'm saying? You have guys like him that, uh, you know, for every Jamari Stewart. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. That's right, the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there, and just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You know, a guy like that, you know, let, let's say he goes home with Grand Jackson one day. He's going to see a different, a completely different style of living. But you need all kinds, man. You need all people from all kinds of backgrounds to kind of mesh together and become a team. And, and that's the thing. I, I think for every guy like Jamari Stewart that comes in, you know, with this sense of gratitude and with kind of something to prove for himself, you've got a guy like Grand Jackson from small town Mississippi that uh, became a football prospect in his own right because of his own hard work. And so, 
two different paths, but uh, they both end in the same location. Calvin McMillian, another guy that uh, committed early and got some opportunities late, didn't really entertain those, but uh, has always wanted to go to Mississippi State. He's a big fan of Chris Jones. Obviously, Chris played at Houston High School. And uh, so Calvin you know, knows Chris. That they're, not, they're not friends or have some relationship. But he said he was inspired by Chris and said if Mississippi State could make Chris Jones an NFL player, he felt like that they could do the same for him. Uh, Calvin never really gave Mississippi State coaches anything to worry about. Listen, and I'll be honest with you, he is raw. He's athletic, but he's raw. And uh, he's got a lot to learn, but he's got the raw materials to be a very good player. Uh, big, long kid, 6'5", 305, but a kid that wanted to be at Mississippi State. And those are kids you win with. Rufus Harvey, another kid that wanted to be at Mississippi State. You know, the last offer before National Signing Day. You know, it's like we offered. He was committed to Arkansas State, and then we offered him late, and he didn't commit right away, and people were worried. There was nothing to worry about. It's always a matter of time. Rufus Harvey had a chance to see him, Mississippi out practice, and talk to him. One of the things that I love the most about him, everybody talks about his film. What I love about him is his attitude towards the game. You know, he understands that it is a team game. There's a lot of receivers that come out, and they've got this, uh, you know, these feelings of, uh, you know, of, of, of pride and, uh, and prestige where they won't do the little things. That's the, the thing about Rufus Harvey that is different. You know, as quick as he is and as good a route runner as he is, when I talked to him here a couple weeks ago, I said, what are you doing? Well, I'm working on my get-off. I'm working on getting off the line. I'm working on getting in and out of my breaks. And this is a guy that I've had some college coaches tell me and some junior college coaches tell me he is the best route runner they've seen in Mississippi in years, and that includes A.J. Brown. It's incredible to think about that. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's the same player as A.J. Brown. I'm an A.J. Brown fan. I'm not a fan of him going to Ole Miss. But Rufus Harvey better getting in and out of his routes because A.J. got by on being bigger and stronger than a lot of people. He didn't have to be quite as precise in high school. He did in college and certainly in the NFL. You know, they had to get open offense at Ole Miss. But my point being is that a lot of high praise from people that have seen a lot of football about Rufus Harvey – so I could see him seeing the field this year because he is so difficult to catch in the open field. Kyle Cass is a guy that, uh, you know, junior college guy that you know, didn't have a lot going at a high school, kind of made himself in junior college, will play safety. It's so funny, too. Uh, there's a link between Kyle Cass and Jerry and Jones because uh, there was some discussion. Uh, some of the, you know, the, the negative recruiting against Mississippi State here that took place here in recent weeks you know, kind of suggested, oh, well, they really don't want to play. That They're moving you to safety, but yet they're signing this junior college guy to come take you. And, and uh, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't think Kyle Cass is the same player as Jerry and Jones at this point, but I, I was very surprised to hear that, that Jerry and was somewhat concerned about Kyle Cass coming in. So perhaps Jerry and knows more about Kyle Cass than any of us, the fact that he was willing to kind of make a move there. But uh, Kyle Cass, a guy that can play at corner for you, he can play the boundary. He can play safety. Uh, I like Kyle Cash. Uh, I, I don't. I think he is a depth guy. It'll be interesting to see kind of where he fits this year, kind of moving forward. But uh, I like him. I think he was an interesting get. We knew we had to go get an older safety this year. We do, and then we end up having some other depth issues at the position because of uh, the transfer. And of course, uh, you know, we'll have we'll see what kind of player C.J. Morgan is. You know, once he gets back into good health. The late, the last signee, you know, from uh, 
the, the, the traditional signing platform was Reed Buys. You know, Reed Buys, after Brevin Jones makes the move, Reed Buys becomes the guy that, uh, that you take to replace that spot on the roster. Because, you know, Brevin was a guy, even though he was listed at tackle, he did not have the wingspan nor the length to play tackle in this league. So he was going to slide on the interior there. Now Reed can do that. So we'll see how things progress. Reed was on the recruiting radar for 2021 anyway. And he would have been a guy that was able to come in in January and would stay looking to sign five. I feel like it would have happened. So basically what you've done is move things up for him you know, about about five months. You know, he would have been here in January. Well, now he'll he'll be here in July, and have an opportunity to participate and uh, and get that under his belt. Yeah, you know, maybe red shirts. Who knows? But the bottom line is now you have that spot from a number standpoint filled. And Reed is the guy that always wanted to come to Mississippi State. Uh, his mom graduated from Mississippi State. He had a brother that graduated from Mississippi State. And Elizabeth Byers, former Miss Mississippi, came to state. Dad played baseball at Ole Miss, and older brother Talbot Byers played football at Ole Miss. And so this is a very high-achieving athletic family. You know, I believe Mom was uh, homecoming queen at Mississippi State or Miss Mississippi State, something like that. So good genes within the family, and we're happy to welcome Reed home. Uh, as uh, Mason Miller told me, he told Reed he was going to put more people on the Mississippi State side, on Mom's side, in the uh, house divided. Tyrell Shavers, of course, uh, Transfer from Alabama, signed a couple weeks back. Didn't report right away, but uh, you know, had some things to settle. You know, he's a Texas guy, and so had to get had to get moved and get all that stuff handled. So, uh, so he's he'll be a part of it, be able to work out with receivers. You got plenty of time. That's the thing. Now that you're able to get everybody here and get everybody tested and sort of stuff, now you've got time to kind of work through these things. Uh, some other guys that, have, that you know transfers. Alan Walters, of course, transfers in from Vanderbilt. He'll be here this summer. Brandon Ruiz, of course. K.J. Scott Lashley was here back in January. And Jay Banks, Jr. So that's your class. And everybody uh, expected to qualify without any issue. There was only one more name we're waiting for to get confirmation to make sure they're cleared to enroll right away. So good on Joe Moorhead and Mike Leach for targeting players that are able to qualify and not have uh, to sit out or a delayed enrollment. You know, we've had some of that in, in recent years where guys can't report to fall camp, and then at that point the install is already done and, and they're not able to contribute in year one. So be that as it may, here's what happens next. So the guys report, and then they go through the battery of testing to make sure their buddy's healthy. So you will likely hear another rash of COVID positive tests around the country here in the next week or two because you've got new signees coming in. That's one of the things that Mississippi State elected to do is let's let the returning players and the January enrollment guys, the guys who were already here in the spring, we'll bring them back first. And they kind of staged that out over a period of a week or so. And so it's kind of the same thing here. So now we've got another wave of these guys coming in. And so you had four guys test positive. They ought to all be out of quarantine now. All those guys were asymptomatic. And so if you hear, and I don't know who will have it. Hopefully we'll get it if there is a positive or test result. We won't know a name, but there will be another name added to the quarantine list, you know, within the university. But all that being said, don't panic because you can go ahead and anticipate that. I mean, it's like around the country every day there's some tweet, well, so-and-so is canceling workouts and so-and-so is doing that. All that's a precaution. 
there are a lot of people out there that want to make you worry. There are a lot of people out there that want to make you feel like that nothing you love is ever going to come back. But they're wrong. They're wrong. There's a process we go through. And it's going to be a different year this year. There's probably going to be some guys that will test positive throughout the year and have to quarantine for 14 days and miss a couple ball games. That's the life that we're living right now. But we'll figure it out. I want to remind you to our good friends at Campus Bookmart, longtime sponsors of the show here too. Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, the whole crew there will treat you like family because in their eyes you are family. Simple as that. They're happy to work with you. You can go by and see them, but if you're not comfortable doing that, you can shop online at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. That is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that gets you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. If you're not following them on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, let me encourage you to do so. Because what's going to happen is they're going to showcase products that they have that maybe you haven't even thought about. You're thinking, you know what? I see that. Hey, that'll look good on the kids. See it right there. And then you can use that promo code BSR. And get the item you want and ship to you for free. And as much online shopping as we're all doing, anytime we can save shipping, it's certainly worth the time and trouble. So by listening to the show, you're actually saving some money on buying products from Campus Bookmart that you wanted to anyway. Again, that's campusbookmart.net, promo code BSR. So top 10 list today, courtesy of Aubrey Swenson. Aubrey sent me uh, three ideas. One of them we've already done. He asked about my favorite cover songs, and we might do we might do that later anyway. Uh, do a, a version two where I do cover songs where of uh, just rock band covers. And uh, I know some people always uh, when I always mention this, there's always somebody out there who's wrong that wants to tell me that I'm wrong. When I mentioned that White Lion's cover of Radar Love is rocking and actually better than the original, don't tweet me. I'm right. That drum solo and that great guitar solo from Vita Brada and, and White Line's version of Radar Love is phenomenal. The rock video is phenomenal. Go watch it. Don't hate on hair metal just because you weren't one of the cool kids in the 80s. Just because you listened to Debbie Gibson and Tiffany and New Kids on the Block doesn't mean that we're all bad because we didn't. So here's the top ten list. Aubrey says, hey, Steve, how about top rock bands fronted by a female singer you know i i love a lot of bands this was an this was a difficult list to put together because i I couldn't figure out the ranking i had no trouble coming up with a number of bands that i love with female lead singers some of them you're not going to be quite as familiar with and so ladies and ladies let me encourage you to write these down or come back and listen to this later because there's gonna be some bands that maybe you're not quite as familiar with maybe you maybe you're a rocker and maybe these are going to be new for you every one of these certified bangers man love every one of these bands i did not include fleetwood mac and people right now people steve are you kidding me well number one i always see lindsey buckingham as kind of the leader fleetwood mac and I think Fleetwood Mac is kind of in a category of their own. One of the greatest bands of all time. They did some rocking stuff. They did some adult contemporary stuff. They did some folksy stuff. I don't know that I could even put Fleetwood Mac in a genre. But Stevie Nicks, one of the greatest singers of all time. Just recently I had a discussion with my daughters about how much they love Fleetwood Mac and, and how the vocal part on the chorus of Little Lies is so great 
with Catherine McVie singing the lead, and then all of a sudden you've got that haunting voice of Stevie Nicks that comes in, and then Lindsey Buckingham. It's the arrangement is just perfect, and uh, so I love Fleetwood Mac. So I didn't mention them in my list. I didn't mention the Runaways either, and uh, I'll tell you one of the reasons why. Number one, I didn't think they were very good. But also, I thought Lita Ford and Joan Jett were better as solo artists. Legendary women rockers, for sure. Lita Ford, a great career. Uh, Kiss Me Deadly was a great song. And then, of course, Close My Eyes Forever with Ozzy Osbourne was a crossover hit for her. Uh, I think Hungry is one of her better songs. Nobody ever talks about it. And Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, I don't really know if that qualifies as a group. I always saw Joan Jett as kind of her own thing. Uh, love Joan Jett, love how tough she is, but uh, they didn't make my list, and that's why. So you can save your, your tweets. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to run through these pretty quick because we're running a little bit long today. Uh, number 10 for me is Paramore. Haley Williams, absolutely love her. Some of that stuff is actually a little bit poppy. Some of it's kind of radio-friendly, but they do do some stuff that's a little bit, a little bit darker, uh, Paramore, a great name for a band, too. But Haley Williams, maybe somebody you're not quite as familiar with, and you darn well should be. What's that song, Into You? It's it's not a rocking song, but, man, it's real catchy. All right, um, let's see here. Number nine for me is uh, is No Doubt, and it's because they're a ska band. They're not, listen, I, everybody's like, oh, no. I love Gwen Stefani. I do. I loved all that stuff. Uh, what's it? It's just there's so many great songs from them. Don't speak, of course, but I see them as more of a top forty band. Uh, again, they had like Spiderwebs is a great song, but there's so many great songs by them that were radio friendly. I don't really see them as a rock band. I know some people are thinking, "Oh, this is Steve, this is sacrilegious. You're picking all these bands that are somewhat obscure and you're passing on a superstar like Gwen Stefani." No, I get it. I get it. I like her, but I have them at number nine because I think there's some other bands that rock harder. Number eight, one you might not be familiar with, but you should be. Taylor Monson and The Pretty Reckless. The Pretty Reckless is the name of the band. One of the best blues vocalists in the industry today. She is incredible. She was also in The Grinch. She was a little blind girl in The Grinch. Uh, Taylor Monson, an absolute talent. Beautiful, beautiful voice. Soulful. You just pick any of the Pretty Reckless albums and let them play, and she will make you fall in love with her talent. Number uh, number seven, going back to the 80s, I would be remiss if I didn't mention these four ladies. An all-girl band called Vixen. Janet Gardner was the singer. Had some of the best hair. That's saying a whole lot, considering the 80s. Janet Gardner, tremendous singer. Uh, I guess, what's, what's the name of the song Richard Marks wrote for them? Uh, Living on the Edge of a Broken Heart, that was kind of a breakthrough hit for them. And Crying was a great song for them. Check them out. Uh, Roxy Petrullo, too, was a killer drummer. And, and not just a girl drummer, she was a great drummer, period, regardless of gender. All right, number six for me is Garbage. I think Shirley Manson is fabulous. I, I really do. I think they're only, they're, the biggest hit, of course, was I'm only happy when it rains. But, man, I think everybody in the country knew that song, had a chance to see Garbage open. I guess it was for Aerosmith uh, years ago, and she captivated me, man. Shirley Manson is legit. Listen to her. Not really as rocking as some other of these bands are, but she has that sultry sound that just kind of pulls you in. Number five for me, 
And I actually had this one much higher, but I remembered some other bands that I liked a little bit more. One of my favorite female vocalists of all time because she is so unique and nobody really does it the way she does, Lacey Sturm, who is solo now, but I put her in here with Flyleaf. Uh, she can wail. And she's got just enough grit in her voice to kind of pull the rock angle out. She is a contemporary Christian singer as well. Uh, matter of fact, you can find her on most forms of social media. And her at is I Love Josh Sturm, who is her husband. That's pretty cool, right? Uh, but Lacey has a new album out and new singles that have hit, and it is so reminiscent of the better years of Flyleaf. So if you dig Flyleaf, uh, you need to go check them out. She is incredible. I have never seen them live. I would love to see her live because her voice is so unlike anything else. She does. She can get the screaming part down, but she can do all the melodic stuff. One of the most talented vocalists in the industry today, Lacey Stern. Number four, and God rest her soul, Dolores O'Reard and the Cranberries. Uh, a lot of range with them. You know, Linger and Zombie and there's so many others uh, that, that were just standards of the 90s and uh, you know she died a few years ago actually on her way to London to record uh, her parts of Bad Wolves cover of Zombie. Bad Wolves in turn uh, donated all proceeds from the song to Dolores O'Riordan's children and their education uh, but you hate it you know she was an absolute legend of the early 90s and really kind of one of those early voices of that new renaissance of female singers that kind of came there in the early to mid 90s. Number three for me, and it depends on what day you ask me. I, I could make a case for this one to be number one. She is my favorite female vocalist probably of the past 25 years. That's Amy Lee of Evanescence. I think Evanescence is one of the most underappreciated bands. And it, it kind of, they're from Arkansas, which is weird because uh, Amy Lee is like from the Victorian age. I mean, if you watch My Immortal and all that stuff, it she doesn't look like a girl from the South. I mean, she looks like somebody plucked from a different age. Uh, those haunting blue eyes, that operatic tone, she is perfect. Uh, I think My Immortal, it, in my mind, is the saddest love song ever written. Uh, and I, I'm a sucker for sad love songs. And I could rattle that off for you, too. I could put a top ten list together of those. Because I think that that's the lover's lament is something that we all appreciate. But nobody has sung it better, maybe since Janis Joplin. Than Amy Lee. Amy Lee is phenomenal. Love her. Love the new stuff too. She has a new album out. Evanescence does. And it, it all kind of went south when Ben Moody left. You know, when Amy Lee, pardon me, and Ben Moody uh, parted ways because Ben was kind of the uh, the songwriter. You know, Amy Lee's got some good people working for her, and she writes a lot of her own music too. But Ben Moody was the one that kind of made Evanescence work. Uh, I, I listened to that album Fallen here not too long ago, and it still holds up. You should listen to it today. There are a lot of people right now who said, you know what, I haven't listened to Evanescence in a while. Let me encourage you to do so. Number two on the list, I've seen them live multiple times. It's Hailstorm. Uh, Lizzie Hale, of course, the lead singer, her brother RJ, the drummer. They are a phenomenal outfit. A couple of years ago, Hailstorm had the number one rock song of the year, a song called Love Bites in the subtitle So Do I. Uh, she absolutely wails on that. Uh, there's not a bad song in my mind in the Hellstorm catalog. They have multiple number one hits off every album they put out. They've had a couple of cover albums that are great. She, just to show you the kind of attitude that Lizzie Hale has, for those of you that are Guns N' Roses fans, 
they did a cover of Out to Get Me off Appetite for Destruction and absolutely pulled it off. So go check them out. Hailstorm, H-A-L-E-S-T-O-R-M. Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm. But number one, I don't know how you could be anybody other than Heart. How could you have a rock band that's fronted by a female singer better than Heart? I mean, whether you have Anne or Nancy, either one singing, uh, they are phenomenal. They're great musicians. They write their own stuff. It's been, uh, they take it some time off, you know. Uh, but yeah, listen, they are, I hate to use the term, but they are the, the godmothers of this genre because there were a lot of people back in those days that wanted to put female singers in a box. And uh, Anne and Nancy Wilson kind of proved that, you know what, that's not us. We're different. And uh, I have a lot of respect for them and their talent, and you should too. So that's the top 10 list for today. I think you guys should go make yourselves a playlist. There, there are so many women in rock that a lot of people say, well, you know, it's female singer. Dudes, nah, get over that, man. There are so many women out there that can rail and play guitar and play drums that uh, it's it's so exciting to see that new wave of musicians, the, the new blood, and there's so many of those great women singers involved in all that. Because, listen, there's just some there's some topics, I think, that uh, the, the, the female vocalist can just capture so much more than a male vocalist. It's just one of those things, and I hate to say it that way, but there are some times, like, if I'm listening to Evanescence and listening to Amy Lee with that operatic Victorian voice singing over uh, the grind and crunch of those guitars, it, it, it does something to me, and I think it will for you as well. So uh, I want to get out of here but let you guys know a couple more things before we go. We've only got a handful of edits left, and then we're going to start beginning the final reads. Matter of fact, as you hear this, uh, my publisher was over meeting with people today about laying out the book, you know, laying out what we've got. I've already, we've already had one round of edits. I'm already halfway through the second round of edits. We'll do a final read here pretty soon and kind of clean some things up, and then we're going to have a book done. I got the final pictures in yesterday. Uh, and we're going to have some documents, and I think it's important to share this with you. I told you guys last Friday I went and got those documents, and I've had a chance to kind of peruse them again. It's, it's, some of it's pretty heavy, and you have a chance to kind of think about you know, the, the climate of which the, 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 much of this was set. And I get excited when I think about that much of this stuff has never been publicized before, and uh, I'm ready for you guys to see a different side of things. It's one of those things that... As Scott Kennedy, long, who's my boss for many years, Scott used to tell me the infancy of my writing career. He goes, you know, it's one of those things we have kind of been there and done that. We've seen so many different things. And so if something really moves us, think about what it'll do for our readers. You know, we get a little bit jaded at times because, we, you know, it's, it's a job. I mean, it is. It's a fun job, but it's still a job. There's a lot of grind with all of this. And sometimes you get going with all that, and then something stumbles you stumble into something or something lands in your lap and all of a sudden you think, wow, this is incredible. That's how I feel about those documents that I got about the game of change last Friday. And I read through those and uh, it's, it's relics from a different time. But you sit there and hold those things in your hand and you begin to think to yourself, I can't believe that I had this. I can't believe that uh, you know certain people said certain things and felt certain ways and and listen, it's important to judge people in the context of the era in which they lived. But a lot of that stuff is absolutely shameful. And in today's climate, when you read it, it seems even more shameful. But I think it's important, too, for us to publish that kind of stuff because I think it's important for to be reminded of where we've come from. There's a lot of people out there today that will make you feel like that we haven't made progress as a people, and we have. 
I think there's some people, too, that don't have a real sense of history. That's not to say that we don't have a long way to go. We do. But there are a lot of things in my lifetime that have changed for the better. And my hope is that that continues. I hope we haven't peaked. I hope we're, we're still on the incline of changing things and making the world a better place. I shared with you guys earlier this week, I am a Mississippi State fan first, the state of Mississippi fan second. That's not to be negative about the state of Mississippi. But the state of Mississippi has to be a willing partner with Mississippi State. And there are a lot of people out there, I don't think we fully appreciate it. If you read Starkville, wouldn't you get it? But for many years in this state, Mississippi State was treated like the stepchild. And you say that because, well, you know, no, no, I've, I've researched it. You had, a, you had a state legislature that was highly you know, populated by old miseducated people that looked out for old Miss. And so now things have changed a lot. Things have changed within the state. They're still changing. But, you know, we're, we're dealing with a situation now, you know, that, uh, that a lot of people are uncomfortable with. And I think it's, it's healthy for us to talk about it, but I think even more importantly, it's healthy for us to listen to one another. There's a lot of people with a lot to say, but they don't listen a whole lot. They're not as willing to listen. And, and we usually learn by listening and less by talking. Uh, and that sounds weird coming from me on this show where I've done all the talking. But uh, the bottom line is this, is that uh, I love my home state. It's one of the reasons that I came back because I wanted my kids to have the value of growing up and graduating in the state of Mississippi. There's just some things after, you know, after living out of state you, you miss about your home state. I mean, I, I missed the fact you know, when I was a kid – you know, we'd go out and be gone all day and, and, and be up to nothing, but not be in any trouble. You know, just being able to go hang out with your cousins, being able to go to the creek, to be able to ride in the back of a pickup truck down a gravel road. You know, you get to do all those things in places like Baton Rouge, New Orleans. You don't, and if you do, you're probably in trouble or you're kidnapped. Uh, my point being is that we live in a great place, and uh, there are a lot of good things about our state. But we're not done yet. And so I think it's important for everybody, let's all take a deep breath. It's been a, an incredibly difficult year for every one of us. There's nobody that's gone through this thing unscathed. We've all had some financial issues. We've all had uh, some things to deal with. We've had some illness. We've had some inconvenience. We have lived a year unlike any other in our lifetimes. But I truly believe we're going to come out the other end of this as better people and have a better society. But that's going to do it for today. I hope that you guys are well. Look forward to being back with you on Friday. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.